all of a sudden I realized one day, I'm like, what the fuck? What do I care if it looks natural? Why do I, why am I trying to make it look natural? I'm like, oh, because I've always had more natural colors, more true to life colors. But my impulse is not towards that anymore. So there was this like very um, unsatisfying disconnect between what my hands were doing and what my eyes were seeing. And now I'm really leaning into it more and more with each passing session. And it's feeling really good and it's feeling at the appropriate pace. It feels like the time that I need to like get my hands in and, and play and mold and dig with it. Our craving to compartmentalize and categorize and determine what genre, what style, um, even what is your stance on this art that you're making? Like, what do you, do you pose or do you not pose? Like, are you documentary or are you lifestyle? It's so human and so natural to want to understand and title something and give words. But I think... It holds us back so much. Help Me See is a podcast that redefines the word vision through vulnerable and real conversations. My own private introspective ramblings about the things that I think about in the wee hours of the morning and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything and all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora. I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist, and I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy, and let's talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Today on the show, I have a blip of a mini rant that I go on. And it's all about, well, it was during uh, photo yoga, which is my weekly free co-working space, where we come on and edit and talk about whatever the hell's on top. It's very loose and free and present with whatever the conversation is that needs to be had with whoever um, joins the calls. And, um, and so yesterday I was talking a lot about, um, connecting the dots between, uh, my impulses and what drives me in, in my editing process with my photographs and connecting it with my affinity for painters and what I believe to be the really intriguing part of that. And what I love about this conversation is it really is me very candidly hashing out, talking out loud things that are not rehearsed whatsoever. I mean, nothing I talk about is rehearsed at all, but really in real time thinking through my truth and where I want to be in this practice. And if this is a conversation that excites you, and if this is something that you would like to join in an active conversation with. Uh, there are two two ways upcoming that we can have that conversation together. One is that I have one-on-one -on -one sacred vision expansion calls that has been going on currently for free as a gift. 
And in these calls, we hop on, I ask you a bunch of questions and I deeply, deeply listen to what's on top. What is something that is on your heart in this season um, that you want to expand on, work through, um, work towards whatever it is. And it's a two-part session. So the first part is really for about a lot of deep listening. And the second part are these NLP processes. I've just finished my NLP class certification and um, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. And in that second part, we do some processes and deep change work in order to just bring to light some of the subconscious patterns that have been playing out in your life. So that's that's the first the first way of having these conversations. And I'm about to launch my newest program for photographic artists, which is the second way. So this first way is going to be going away because I won't have the bandwidth to be doing both. And the second is Conscious Creator. Conscious Creator is my first program specifically for photographic artists. And the idea behind this program is to really create connection to your own distinct sacred vision and and having the conversations that get underneath the strategy under the strategy, the vision under the vision. What is the picture in the picture that you're wanting to create? Like, what is that difference between, yes, this is, I feel good about this session and, oh my God, my heart is on the screen. My heart is in these photographs. What is that difference? How do we sharpen that lens? How do we sharpen that connection, that impulse, that that moment of resonance in the knowing? And once we're able to uncover that, making the unconscious conscious, then we can make our decisions and then we could put it back and make this essentially the most effortless, natural way that we act and create from. The program in itself is based on my tried and true and learned and loved and felt 12 principles of conscious creation. The things that I live by, the things that really bolster me and support my knowing, trust, presence, flow in my sessions. These are the things that help me to show up to a session and trust myself and back myself and know that I will be able to see in the way that only I can see and create from that space. And through this program, I'm teaching it through my principles, which is the only thing that I know to be true in my bones. But in the exploration of my principles, There are opportunities for you to make your own distinctions and to respond to them and to think, yes, this feels right. Or no, I actually, through this principle, have discovered I feel like this about this. And this is where I'm going to go with this. Um, I find that it is actually more easy for me to find my truth when I bump up against something that I don't agree with. So um, I'm really excited about going on this journey. Uh, This is something that's going to be launching really soon. And if you want to get the email to learn uh, when it launches, how you can enroll and um, really be a founding member of this new program that I am so excited about, then sign up 
through the link in the show notes. So yeah, I hope that you enjoy my most private inward ramblings about my editing process and my work and what I feel about it. And uh, I hope to hear from you and connect with you if this is uh, a conversation that you want to dive into for yourselves with me. Okay, enjoy. So for photo yoga today, I want to talk about the relationship that I have to my editing process um, with my admiration and my fascination with painters and with painting. I think that, well, first off, I 1000 trillion percent don't have the fucking patience uh, (laughs) to to spend that much time on one thing. I think, I don't know. Don't quote me. I don't know. I've, I've flirted with the idea of experimenting more with it, but I'm not in the season right now where, where that's pulling me enough to actually physically do it. But something that I love about the idea of painting is the just complete and total lingering that happens in it. It's this very intimate, um, very intimate seeing and like the, the translation of looking with some, with your eyes and then your hand moving to create something out of nothing, that whole process just filled me in such a way. And I think that is why I, (laughs) I think that is why I am so wildly inefficient and the opposite of work smarter, not harder with my editing. (laughs) There are so many times in which I try to adhere to a process. I'm like, okay, I know myself. I know I shot so many images. I will call them first and then I will call again and then I will edit. And that, and then what inevitably happens is I plug it in. And then I copy the stuff and then I'm like, Oh, let me see that. Oh, let me just, let me just play with this one thing. I won't even, I I just want to see. I just want to (laughs) see. Then I black out and then I've, I've edited 40 pictures and I'm like, Oh no, I'm in too deep. And then it becomes a, a sickness. It becomes, (laughs) I am laughing about this. I guess I've never said it out loud before, but I'm editing, I'm editing and I'm like, okay, well now, okay, here's what'll happen. I'll edit, edit, edit. And then when I'm done editing, I'll just process out all of the, I'll hit the toggle that shows you all the images you've edited. I was like, then I'll process those out. Then I'll call them. And then I'll bring it into exposure, which is like the second program that I use to edit because one's not enough. Obviously, I I really need to get up in there. And and then that calling never happens. And then the calling happens usually after it's all done. And I've, you know, quote unquote, unnecessarily spent time editing 
hundreds and hundreds of images I didn't have to, but I, I never feel like it's a waste of time ever. I know, I think that that stupid standard and that like process is looming over my head of like, you know, this is not how it's done. You call first and then you edit and you call discerningly because if you, if you don't, then you're indecisive. And what does that mean about your artistry? And, you know, how do you, uh, I have this contentious relationship with my desire to, wow, I've never thought about it like this. I've, I have a contentious relationship with feeling like I need to be something other than what I am in order to be a certain caliber of artist. What, and I'm aware of how preposterous that sentence sounds as well. Like, I don't even like thinking about different calibers. Um, but I can't deny how entranced I am at the level of commitment it takes to sit with one, sit with one image and to, to discern out of these thousands of photographs, these three (laughs) are the ones. And I think that there's something so amazing about that. And also, and it's an and, not an or. If you have listened to my episode with my yoga instructor, Melanie Hale, we talk about it's and, not or. Um, And for me, the medium is not just about me when I'm doing this for other people. And I value what feels right when I'm giving images to other people versus valuing my own creative artistic judgment over over what I'm choosing to give to them. And I don't believe it has to be A or B or C or whatever. I think it can go any which way. Uh, And I think a lot of the trouble that we can get into is when we are not realizing that we're making up these rules in our mind around what is okay, what is not okay, what is professional, what is unprofessional, um, and what does this mean about me as an artist, as a service provider. Um, this conversation continues to come up for me, and I continue to feel my resistance around how I naturally want to go about things because I look to myself and I question like, you know, is it just because you're wildly unorganized? Is it because you're, um, you're just impatient to do the fun work and you don't want to do the, you know, the painstaking calling work or whatever it is. And I think it's too easy to judge yourself in that way. I think instead of judging, we can get curious about why am I so resistant to this? What is it about? But what, why? Like, 
and then ask that question about five times, like the five whys. I don't know who came up with the five whys, but I, I try to think about the why five layers deep, deeper than what I first come up with. And at the end of the day, always come back to, am I doing this third set of culling because I am trying to be a better photographer, do the thing that I believe is the standard? Or am I doing this because it feels right? Recently, I did a shoot and I culled two or three times and there was just still so many images and I had touched them all. I had edited them all. (laughs) So it wasn't even, it's not like I was narrowing any work down. Um, But there came to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not doing like, it was when I went to begin the other round because I'm like, this is just simply too many, simply too many images. And I was like, no, this isn't with their best interest. This is like me saying, oh, this is an unusual amount and they all can't be that strong. And uh, it's just overwhelming. Like, you know what? It's not my decision. I don't, well, I guess it is because I'm creating it, but I don't want to project onto anyone else. Like they'll be overwhelmed with these amount of images because at the end of the day, any images I don't send die on my hard drive for me and me alone that I'll probably never look at again. Well, actually knowing me, I might look at them again because I like to revisit old work a lot. But for them, there can be something about the images that I am giving that I decided to not take out that is crucial, that is precious, that is something meaningful to them that I could have never known because it's just an intimate detail of their life that's in the picture or an expression that the baby's making or whatever it is. Um, so anyway, this whole idea of how I think oftentimes the emphasis on the art is in the photo session. Um, and then the editing is like the housekeeping or can be, but the editing gets to be this very intimate exploratory experience where we can make decisions and find our own paths for what we believe in, in so many different parts, in all parts of it, not just in the color treatment or the, you know, whatever the editing it's, it's also in the calling. It's also in the delivery. It's also in, you know, where you do and don't decide you want to make adjustments. Um, so, but anyway, I'm going off on a tangent right now. I bought this book and it's called The Two Worlds of Andrew Wyeth, A Conversation with Andrew Wyeth by Thomas Hoving. Hoving? Hoving. Um, and in it, it's, oh my gosh, I was salivating when I found this at this like secondhand bookstore or whatever it was, because I watched the Andrew Wyeth documentary. I'm sure I mentioned it here. Um, it was, it was a PBS one. I want to, I'm probably going to watch it again. It lit me up. And the fact that this book has um, process information, like him explaining his process for some of his paintings, is 
well, I don't even want to explain it. I'm just going to read you some of this. Um, okay. I'm just going to start reading. This is Andrew talking. I put the first impression away and went back to the site itself, but I had the first impression to hold myself to the original idea. You know, it's very easy to deteriorate when you have nature in front of you. You love, you lose the grasp of what you're seeing. You can lose the essence by detailing a lot of extraneous things. At the scene, I started to make dozens of drawings. Details of the house, the trees, the piles of stone, things on the porch, all these all of these were absolutely accurate drawings, most of them in pencil, which is ter- a terrific discipline. Because you don't have color, you don't have anything, you're working with basic materials. But again, it's interpretive too, which it must be. You have to find a method to capture the quality of an object. You have to find a method to capture the quality of an object. And it isn't because you put in every fleck on a pile of stones or every blade of grass on the hill. That doesn't make up a powerful painting. That's why I feel strongly about a lot of so-called realism that is done today, which I think I've had a very bad influence on. (laughs) They think it's the amount of detail, and that really isn't it. Yes, a detail should be there, and it should be carried far but the picture's got to be bigger than that. Otherwise, it doesn't hang together and it doesn't give you the force of the thing. It's got to be abstracted through your vision, your mind. It's a process of going through detail in order to eventually obtain simplification and cutting out. And it's a very fine line because you can't overdo it and you can't cartoon it. It's a subtly or it's a subtle quality, very subtle, and with less sometimes to work with, you gain more. <sighs> so I love the the tension and the push and pull of what he's saying here. And I love how in reading this book and learning more about his decision-making and things you could have never known happened in his drafting of the composition before he began his paintings. Um, Just how intimately he was considering every part of the image and what is extraneous and what is not. And really It's not even that his decisions were right or wrong, but the fact that he considered it at all and put his attention on it at all feels so powerful in that I know he fully was seeing And I don't think that's the only way to see, but I do believe that as someone that is making an effort to distill this, like this moment, this picture, this creation out of nothing and out of everything at the same time, I think the magic is 
in that dance. It's in that consuming of what is. It's in the contemplation. And I think as in, in my way of experiencing it as a photographer, I really love both. I really love slow, quiet, still makings of images and really taking my time and sometimes like speaking directly with the subject. And I also like the fast and furious and who the fuck knows what images I just took and then being able to discover them again when I load the images on the computer. And then after that discovery, I get to play even deeper in that world of what does it look like if I did this? And yeah, maybe the picture shows what it more literally looked like, but this editing shows what it felt like to me. This feels more like my memory of that than what it actually physically might've looked like. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think I've mentioned this um, probably a while back, but I am now in my practice leaning more and more into this dirtier, more contrasty, more um, abstracted kind of version of, of my work. And for a long time, I don't know about long time, but for a while, I think I was holding myself back because I was like lash, like disciplining myself for like, why that doesn't look natural. Why, why that doesn't look natural. Those colors don't, I'm like, not who all of a sudden I realized one day I'm like, what the fuck, what do I care if it looks natural? Why do I, why am I trying to make it look natural? I'm like, Oh, cause I've always had more natural colors, more true to life colors. but. I don't, my impulse is not towards that anymore. So there was this like very um, unsatisfying disconnect between what my hands were doing and what my eyes were seeing. And, um, and now I'm, I'm really leaning into it more and more with each passing um, session and it's feeling really good. And it's feeling um, at the appropriate pace. It feels like um, the time that I need to like, get my hands in and, and play and mold and dig with it. And I'm, I'm talking about this because I think our craving to compartmentalize and categorize and determine what genre, what style, um, even what is your stance on this art that you're making? Like, what do you, do you pose or do you not pose? Like, are you documentary or are you lifestyle? It's so human and so natural to want to understand and title something and give words. Um, But I think it holds us back so much. Part of the reason that I feel so compelled to talk about this and hash this out is that if one, if I don't talk about it outside of me, it doesn't happen. I don't talk about it at all. And I feel like so 
I don't know that lonely is the right word, but I feel so when something is so important to you and it doesn't make its way out of your mouth or body in some way, it feels wrong, at least to me. It feels very wrong and it doesn't feel good. And it's not enough for me to just post the pictures. I I need to talk about the process of it and I need to talk about how my heart and mind and body and life is making sense of it. And um, I don't know if it's helpful or if it's not to you, but it feels uh, therapeutic for me to process it out loud in this way. And it also feels vulnerable as fuck. You know, there are things that I could say today that I might not agree with, you know, in a month, in a year. And I've decided that I, I have to be okay with giving myself permission to speak my truth to the best of my ability in the moment. And if my truth changes, I'm also okay with saying my truth changes. And, um, Right now, I'd say my truth is this ravenous craving to deconstruct all of that imagine or imaginary scaffolding that I have going on about what is and is not the way. And I've done that over and over and over again in the physicality of my sessions and in my decisions. But I'm discovering this all over again in this journey into education and guidance and developing materials that make sense of it all. I think a lot about how deeply in debt I am for my, well, for my, uh, primarily my schooling, my private BFA education in photography. And I absolutely loved it, but there's just so much that is left out. And I get that the school of life and experience is is how we discover and learn and develop and grow but why do we have to wait so long to have these conversations why did i have to wait so long to realize everything i needed to unlearn And everything I'm still unlearning is just so deep in there. I mean, obviously, learning is the first part. Once we learn, then we know we can break the rules then. But I'm sorry, I'm hashing this out out loud. But I think that there's an unnecessary delay. I think honing a skill is beautiful. And it's also a slippery slope. 
to hone a skill and to decide that you know the way to do something because then you're shut off from seeing so much more. Hmm. Anyway, I um I think that's all I have today. As I'm editing these photographs in this session now, I I've loved it so much because this particular session has a bunch of girls. Um, a friend of mine has three daughters. And so uh, it feels like so fresh and new for me because I am usually photographing boys. And it's just, it feels so different to me. And I've been absolutely loving it. And even with these these images, I'm finding opportunities to make new choices that I've never had to make again and deciding that there's a choice to be made and there's something new that I could decide to do is opening so much more for me. Meanwhile, I have this, um, this knowing that if I were to decide based on the images that I'm looking at that, oh, this is not working in the way I usually treat this, then it would just be gone. It would be called out. So I wanted to bring this topic of conversation up um, in order to just open, open more, open to more, open to more. I love seeing something that I've never seen before. And I love seeing something that I've seen a million times before, but never in that way. And I think that when we remain open to possibility and let ourselves dissolve standards and what is and is not okay when it comes up externally, then we're able to very quickly discern what is our right? What is our North Star? Um, and that point is always moving. That point is never static. And um, I just am fascinated with the fact that I've been doing this forever, however long I've been doing it. And there are times in which I can decide this is my truth. And that can be that way for years. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, you know what? That target has moved. It's shifted. It's evolved. My truth looks like this a little bit more. Not aligning. This is not truth for who I am anymore. It's truth for who I was. All right. I need more coffee. I need to stop talking. And, and I'll, I'll point a prompt to you. Maybe go back to an old session and just look at it like the raw. If you or if you're able to do that, look at look back at the raw session and consider what your selects would be now and see if you can, when you look at the selects that you did choose, why and remember why that made sense for you then. Super interesting.
If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.